Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. You can find out more by visiting lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josepha Savaz. We're going to have an extended conversation about the transition of power, peaceful transition of power. We'll also visit with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of several wonderful books. His latest is How Everything Happened, Including Us. It is January the 20th. It is a traditional day in the United States of a peaceful transition of power. And on this day in 1981, minutes after Ronald Reagan's inauguration as the 40th president of the United States, the 52 U.S. captives held at the U.S. Embassy in Tehran, that's in Iran, uh, were released, ending the 440-day Iran hostage crisis. On November the 4th, 1979, the crisis began when militant Iranian students, outraged by the U.S. government, had allowed ousted Shah of Iran to travel to New York for medical treatment seized the U.S. Embassy in Tehran. The Ayatollah Khomeini, Iran's political and religious leader, took over the hostage situation, refusing all appeals to release the hostages, even after the U.N. Security Council demanded an end to the crisis in a unanimous vote. However, two weeks after the storming of the embassy, the Ayatollah began to release all non-U.S. captives and all female and minority Americans, citing these groups as among the people oppressed by the government of the United States. (laughs) The remaining 52 captives remained at the mercy of the Ayatollah for the remaining 14 months. President Jimmy Carter was unable to diplomatically resolve the crisis, and on April 24, 1980, he ordered a disastrous rescue mission in which eight U.S. military personnel were killed and no hostages rescued. I'll never forget that. Three months after that, the former Shah died of cancer in Egypt, but the crisis continued. In November 1980, Carter lost the presidential election to Republican Ronald Reagan. Soon after, with the assistance of Algerian intermediaries, successful negotiations began between the United States and Iran. And on the day of Reagan's inauguration, the U.S. freed almost $8 billion in frozen Iranian assets, and the hostages were released after 444 days. The next day, Jimmy Carter flew to West Germany to greet the Americans on their way home. And that's the end of Jimmy Carter, of course, in my opinion, a failed presidency, one of the worst presidents that we've had in history. Remember, we were suffering from some sort of malaise. He blamed the lack of uh, our uh, enterprise and our uh, economy doing poorly because of uh, the citizens. We were suffering from a malaise, he said. Did you see the video of President Trump's farewell speech? If not, I highly recommend that you do so. It's, uh, In fact, I'm posting it on my website in my blog uh, after today's show. He delivered his farewell address on Tuesday, urging Americans to carry on the principles he fought for during his presidency. I did not seek the easiest course. By far, it was actually the most difficult, he said, as he reflected on his presidency. The president spoke for nearly 20 minutes 
in a pre-recorded uh, video released on YouTube Tuesday afternoon prior to his departure from the White House. I did not seek the path that would get the least criticism, he said. I took on tough battles, the hardest fights, and the most difficult choices because that's what you elected me to do. God bless him. Troops spoke about the nature of his presidency, describing himself as the first true to get elected that believed that the United States government should work for its citizens first. I fought for you, I fought for your family, I fought for your country, he said. The president did not use President-elect Joe Biden's name in the statement, referring to him only as part of the next administration. He said he would pray for the administration's success to keep America safe and prosperous. We built the greatest political movement in history in our country. This week we inaugurate a new administration and pray for its success in keeping America safe and prosperous. We also want them to have luck, a very important word, he continued. The president con uh, condemned the riots on Capitol Hill after he urged supporters to protest the 2020 presidential election. All Americans were horrified by the assault on our Capitol. Political violence is an attack on everything we cherish as Americans. It can never be tolerated. Trump said the Americans should rise above the partisan rancor in the ongoing debate over ideas and unite for the sake of the country. We must never forget that while Americans will always have our disagreements, we as a nation of incredible, decent, faithful, and peace-loving citizens who all want our country to thrive and to flourish, he said. The debate, he noted, should not be censored as he alluded to social media companies deplatforming his accounts. All the center of his, at the center of this heritage is also a re robust belief in free expression, free speech, and open debate, he said. He continued, Only if we forget who we are and how we got here and how uh, will ever political censorship and blacklisting that take place in America, it's not even thinkable, he said. The president did not speak about his political future, but said that America's first, um, America First movement that he started was only just the beginning. There's never been anything like it, he said. Trump said he did everything that he came to Washington to do and so much more. I, got, uh, I go from the majestic place with a loyal and joyful heart, an optimistic spirit, and a supreme confidence that for our country and for our children, the best is yet to come, he concluded. Thank you and farewell. What a great address it was. President Donald Trump off to Mar-a-Lago now. Uh, I'm not sure there's going to be tens of thousands of people waiting and celebrating and cheering him as he arrives at Mar-a-Lago. Charles Hurt, the uh, great uh, commentary, commentator, he wrote this, As this epic adventure of Donald J. Trump's presidency winds to a spectacular close, I'm reminded, as I've been so many times over the past five years, just how inadequate we sad scribes in the political press have been in capturing it all. This is the greatest political show on earth that has ever been seen, he said. By the way, President Trump leaves office with a 51% approval rating after everything that's occurred, if you can believe that. You know, they may try and tear him down in Congress. They may tear, try and tear him down in the political party and the, in the uh, discourse that goes on. But, you know, we, 75 million Americans appreciate his presidency, what he's accomplished. And it's been a lot. Uh, he invited, by the way, his allies on Wednesday morning to send off at a send-off at the Joint Base Andrews, according to uh, an invitation reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. The invitation describes the event as a ceremony, but offers few other details. It instructs guests to wear masks and says invitees can bring as many as five guests. The event is scheduled to begin at 8 a.m., more than 200 service members are expected to participate. 
in Mr. Trump's formal departure, which is expected to include a 21-gun salute, a color guard, and other ceremonial units, U.S. officials said. Mr. Trump is likely to make his remarks of, uh, make uh, remarks also. Very well, uh, 8 o'clock this morning. He accomplished a lot in four years. It was an amazing presidency. Uh, for example, before he said, uh, before the China virus invaded our shores, we built the world's most prosperous economy. The statement also said that America gained 7 million new jobs, more than three times the government experts' projections. Middle-class family income increased by $6,000, more than five times the gain during the entire previous administration. The unemployment rate reached 3.5%, the lowest in a half a century, said President Trump. In addition to that, the United States achieved 40 months in a row with more job openings than job hirings. More Americans reported being employed than ever before, nearly 160 million folks. Jobless claims hit a nearly 50-year low. The number of people claiming unemployment insurance as a share of the population hit its lowest record on record, and incomes rose in every single metro area in the United States for the first time in nearly three decades. What an accomplishment. Uh, the statement also touted how the economic benefits of the Trump administration help people of all demographics and all backgrounds. It was truly a spectacular four years for the president's office. And before the pandemic, uh, this was absolutely the best recovery the United States has ever seen. Americans' uh, 401k plans, of course, were positively impacted by the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Started at less than 20000 ended up over 30000 in his administration. Tax cuts were amazing. Uh, he doubled the standard deduction, making the first 24000 earned by a married couple completely tax-free. It listed many more accomplishments, uh, and uh, actually a list too long to, uh, to read, but it was an amazing presidency in my opinion, and I think he may go down in history as, well, one of the greatest presidents of all time. Uh, he, by the way, he issued a, a flurry of controversial pardons and commutations on his final day in office, including his former chief strategist Steve Bannon and one-time fundraiser Elliot Brody. Conspicuously absent from the list was Julian Assange. Earlier, the reports came out that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell threatened President Trump with impeachment if he, if he pardons Assange. Looks an awful lot like blackmail. What's he got to hide? Anyhow, McConnell is interested in, project in protecting the swamp, and that was always his intention. Well, they, it released 143 pardons and uh, commutations less than eight hours before the, he was set to leave for Florida. Of those ultimately granted clemency in the final hours of the Trump presidency, 18 were endorsed by the Justice Department office that reviews pardons, while the rest were recommended by an array of political leaders, criminal justice reformers, and other allies of the president. A large number of the pardons and commutations were granted in nonviolent drug offenders continuing to push within the Trump administration to curb sentences of some drug offenders. In any event, those pardons are complete. It's kind of interesting that uh, according to Pew Research Analysis, uh, Mr. Trump tallied at 237 commutations and pardons. Obama issued 212 pardons and 1,715 commutations over eight years, according to Pew Research. President George W. Bush issued 189 pardons in the same period, and Mr. Clinton, 396. All right, coming up, by the way, this segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. 
Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Listen to St. Matthew's House Commercial, terrific organization supported by the Holacek family and the Family Foundation. Uh, they actually uh, own Lulabee's Diner, a terrific organization, terrific uh, restaurant and the Green Tree Shopping Center is serving great breakfast and lunch, and I hope you'll patronize them. They do a great job. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Larry Bell. Right now we have with us Professor Andrew Joppa, author of Josephus of Oz. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Andy. So we have so much to talk about, but you sent me a, a reference to uh, the Don McLean's great uh, classic. It's not even a rock classic. I don't think it's uh, Bye Bye American Pie. Just a terrific story. It kind of explains the transition we're going through right now. I'd like to just pay a, play a portion of it. Can, I, can you stick I'd around? I'd like to hear that. All right, here it is. In the streets the children screamed The lovers cried and the poets dreamed But not a word was spoken the church bells all were broken 
And the three men I admire most The Father, Son and the Holy Ghost They caught the last train for the coast The day the music died And they were singing So there you go, Andy. Uh, I think a great reference to the transition, quote-unquote peaceful transition we're going through right now. Any thoughts? Well, it's even more poignant uh, today, uh, bye-bye, Miss American Pie, than it was at the point that uh, Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper had died in a, in a plane crash. And uh, when we hear the words, uh, it, it's, it says a lot of what at least I'm feeling, and I'm guessing millions of Americans are feeling, that uh, the, the American dream has, has certainly been been tarnished damaged uh, let's hope it's not ended uh right now we're in the uh in the beginning of that process i i know there's a lot of uh, projections as to what might happen with with good reason bob and uh, certainly uh, i think that uh, we will have to see how it all unfolds i don't want to get ahead of ahead of the game i don't want to become unduly pessimistic but uh, i think we're we're entering into a new phase of, of the American Republic and one that was never anticipated by the founders. The, the founders always presumed that the decision makers in the federal government, at least certainly at the local level also, uh, would be would be pro-American. There might be differences of viewpoints and differences of method of how to get to a common goal. Uh, but never did they project where there was a an, an outright assault on the, the opposition party of the most vindictive and uh, and, and damaging sort, uh, and never could they pre predict that the, uh, the policies made by an incoming president would, would have very, very little to do with anything that was in the best interest of America. So uh, that's the, the, the general comments I would make as we, uh, as we look at Inauguration Day 20, uh, 2021. And, um, you know, I, I just have to watch it unfold. And uh, I think we're, we're going to see some things that are even perhaps worse than we, that we imagined, Bob. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the farewell address by President Trump. Did you see that video? Yes, I did. Well, I saw the whole thing. You know, I was quite moving. But nevertheless, that, that kind of gave me hope because, you know, uh, while I, I just acknowledge everything you're saying, <laughs> The current administration doesn't want to make America great again. And that was one of the references, I believe, that, that Biden made. It's just incredible. Yeah. yeah. That, that said, though, that said, there are a lot of patriots still in Congress, and our founders did a great job of making sure that we didn't have absolute power in any one branch of the government. In fact, had separation of power. And the consequences was some, still some great patriots like uh, Byron Donalds and others in Congress. Hopefully the road to... Uh, hell will we'll be uh, interrupted by some good patriots uh, with uh, at least a vote well i'm i'm hopeful of that that same situation developing and, and mentioning byron donald's i i've seen him several times on particularly on newsmax he's handling himself in a remarkably dignified intelligent and uh, and meaningful manner i i am so you know, I've always been impressed with uh, with Byron Donalds, and even more so now as I watch him uh, defend the president, defend the situations in Washington, and 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 not backing down uh, one bit. They uh, the other day they mentioned uh, Don Lemon to him in terms of a comment, and what did uh, what did Byron have to say about it? He says, "Who cares what Don Lemon has to say?" You know, I think that's the kind of rejection of 
of these these nonsensical comments being made by talking heads on the left that we we have to hear more of. We can't give them the dignity of a uh, of a meaningful response. I think they just have to be rejected out of hand. Yeah. Um, yesterday or the day before yesterday, just to bring up some other immediate things, uh, General Stanley McChrystal, you're probably aware of this, uh, referred pr- particularly to the uh, the Trump supporters categorically as being very similar to what he saw in Iraq and the development of al-Qaeda. In other words, uh, aligning the, uh, the the Trump support, the Trump cult, let's call it, as, as they would call it on the left, uh, with the development of al-Qaeda terrorism in, in Iraq. Uh, pretty much at the same point in time, Peter McCabe, the, the great Peter McCabe, the lying Peter McCabe, <laughs> uh, indicated that the, the Trump followers are very similar in his mind uh, to ISIS terrorists. So those kind of comments uh, that have have um, traction on the left are, are ones that are extremely uh, ominous uh, for me and I think for any any followers of Trump, but not, not so much Trump. And I think that's overstated that we are Trump supporters. We support, I have always supported Trump because he supported America. That's right. If Trump had not done that, I have no personal linkage to Donald Trump that would have uh, developed my loyalty, but his loyalty to America has has demanded that, that I support this man in his presidency. See, I'm so happy you made that distinction. I mean, he has so many admirable qualities, especially his energy, his commitment, his work, tireless work effort, all those things. I mean, he certainly had his warts and pimples, we know that, but the most important thing about Trump is he supported the American people. He he created joy, and, and listen, you know, I've been around a lot of Trump supporters, none of them are angry people they're not violent people they're simple simply hopeful people they've seen the political elite uh, uh capture kidnap the american system and that basically what he did is he says i'm going to bring it back to the american people got rid of regulations that that, that uh, gummed up the works in terms of our free market system he did so many wonderful things for us i was going to be a step backwards i'm sure this administration but again i'm hopeful that strong people that have a vote will protect us. Um, I hope that's true. It certainly is something that uh, Donald Trump personally has earned as uh, as his uh, as his reward. Let's say the reward is the unified America going forward. And I think that's what Donald Trump has always wanted. Uh, but when I look at uh, at some of these uh, these Republicans, uh, I'm not sure what they really are. Swamp uh, creatures. Include, I'm sorry. <laughs> Swamp creatures. Swamp, swamp creatures, I think, covers it, Bob. Uh, I think if you look at Mitch McConnell, I have no understanding of, of why Mitch McConnell has not only positioned himself in resistance to, uh, the, to the challenge of the election, but has actually uh, called President Trump a liar in terms of that election. Yeah. Uh, Mitch McConnell has no idea about the reality of that election. It's never been, uh, it's never been weighed in terms of its content, in terms of its legality or not. Uh, the same thing applies to uh, to Bill Barr, who has also indicated there was there was no fraud in that election, and he hasn't the slightest idea That's right. whether any of that is true. Right. Uh, in terms of January sixth, I, I have I put no responsibility on the shoulders of the president. He ran a, a perfectly legitimate rally with uh, with a uh, typical political content. Uh, but you know, I, if I was to blame somebody, Bob, I would blame the Supreme Court. I blame the Supreme Court if they had simply taken up the Texas suit when they had the opportunity yeah. and assessed the, the content of that. If they had evaluated it and come forward and said, no, we see no 
no fraud within the content. We, we've done our due diligence uh, and there's no fraud. I, I think we could have accepted that. What has been difficult for all the Trump supporters and any loyal American is the absolute failure to truly weigh the uh, the reality of, of that election, Bob. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm so and, happy. And that's going to go on. That's never going to go away, Bob. I'm so happy you said that. And, and the, I w- you know, we don't know what Biden's going to say today. One of the things I would hope he would say is, you know what? We realize that there have been 75 million Americans that are disappointed with the results. And uh, quite frankly, there's been no resolution on the issue of uh, – of fraud in the election, but what we're going to do is we're going to do a thorough review, a complete review of uh, election uh, processes. We're going to make sure that in the future these questions won't arise. I'm not even asking them to to review the election results. I can't expect them to do that, but at least uh, acknowledge instead of calling us extremists and people <laughs> and, and concerned about the violence and the group. You know, it's just it's just uh, so out of touch with reality. Well, several several legitimate sources on the left have suggested that people like you and I and 75 million other Americans need to be re-educated. So I think you and I should start our re-education <laughs> process today. So just just repeat after me. Uh, Biden is a great man. The election wasn't stolen. Trump was a horrible president and a horrible man. Okay? Now, we've got our re-education out of the way, and I think we now qualify as solid American citizens. So... <laughs> thank, thank goodness that we're, we're no longer vulnerable to challenge at, at, in that area. Yeah, but just think about this. this the, the very notion that something like that would have, we'd be re-educated or somehow, or, or what, you know, what about free speech? What about the First Amendment? I mean, what about public discourse? Civil discourse, we haven't seen that in years, but, you know, uh, it's just so disappointing to see the constitutional uh, rights that people have in question in the uh, leadership style that this, this administration is taking. Well, I mean, this, you know, this is why the the slippery slope argument has a lot of uh, significance. For example, once we allowed in the concept of hate speech as something that uh, increased the the penalty for crimes committed within uh, hate speech being a part of it, we allowed for hate speech to become in itself a criminal act. And I think what we're going to see, and we're seeing it now, is that those people that have uh, publicly supported the uh, the uh, need for a uh, a recount or at least a reevaluation of this election. Uh, that's all being considered to be hate speech. And mm-hmm. as long as this this nonsense exists that hate speech can be defined by uh, by the ruling party, as it will be and is right now, uh, I think the, that we're in for a, a significant amount of, of difficulty. There seems to be no other purpose of the the left. Other than vengeance, retribution, and 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 uh, seeking out their prior enemies and, and damaging them, if not destroying them, so uh, that is, I think, what we have to see in our future. Now, perhaps uh, once uh, Biden is inaugurated and cooler heads begin to prevail, although I don't know where they're going to come from, Bob. Yeah. Uh, perhaps everything that you're hoping for at, uh, within your last comment can can be realized. But uh, I am not optimistic at at this point. If we look at the state of Washington, D.C., 30,000 federal troops, 30,000 federal troops in Washington, D.C., with military checkpoints at some of the major uh, avenues and thoroughfares, uh, with these troops having been prior, previously vetted, apparently, by the FBI to determine their, their loyalty or their, uh, their, if, whether they had any prior linkage to Donald Trump. Uh, these are all <laughs> extremely dangerous phenomenon, Bob, that... Uh, 
uh, that if they get carried out to a, a, a deeper extension as time goes on, uh, certainly I think we're in for a, a significant problem yeah. in this country. Bro. Right, and that doesn't even uh, acknowledge the gloating and the power of big tech leaders and uh, that, quite frankly, have had so much influence on the outcome of the election, number one. But number two, censoring the president of the United States, for example, his 82 million followers. This is just incredible. You know, we have so much more to talk about. Can you stick around? I will be here, Bob. All right, Andy, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Offshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hearing the commercial for Golf Shore Playhouse, certainly building a brand new, wonderful performing arts center in downtown Naples. Also, a great show running right now. It's called Love Letters, and you can get tickets by going to golfshoreplayhouse.org. Uh, we have with us Andrew Joppa, again, continuing the conversation with Professor Joppa. Andy, thank you so much again for joining us. Always good to be with you, Bob. Well, let's uh, focus a little bit on the coming administration, some of the things that you're seeing right now in terms of the nominations and uh, how this process is proceeding. Now, before I get into that, let me just mention uh, one of my prior essays I had uh, said as a almost in jest, uh, hypothetical that the 
the left, the academic left, would start to uh, withdraw the degrees previously awarded. And I, I, I just thought that could never happen. But it's happening right now in yeah. Harvard. My, my extension of that was I can see the, the law schools uh, uh, taking away the prior, uh, the prior law degrees and the medical colleges uh, removing their, their medical credentials. Uh, these things sound so absurd to, to even say them, yet uh, right now at Harvard, this is beginning to happen. So uh, I think that's something that has to be uh, has to be considered. Um, if we look at uh, what I regard as the conspiratorial left, Bob, I, uh, and the, the, the word insurrection is being used commonly. It's, it's one of these things that we've seen over the last four years where everyone on the left, all the talking heads, all their political spokespeople, start using exactly the same terminology. And, and the, the N-word, one of the N-words right now is insurrection. Mm -hmm. uh, the other concept is the calling for a 9-11 type commission to investigate the January 6th insurrection assault on the Capitol. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are things that uh, that have traction right now. They will develop into larger issues as time goes on. These things are, are certainly, certainly not going to go away, Bob. Uh, you're making great points, but I, I would say this too. I think uh, Harvard, for as an example, it does makes these decisions at their own peril. They have to stand up to scrutiny over time, and I think it's going to tarnish the brand of Harvard if they start taking away degrees because of political uh, point of view. Uh, I would say that also. Remember uh, Goya? <laughs> People wanted to censor Goya because they're supporting President Trump, and all of a sudden their business shot up through the roof. And uh, you take there, there's there's no doubt that I think that we have supported some of these people. Uh, Mike Lindell over at My Pillow, yeah, uh, certainly. But he's he's run into some problems recently. Um, I do think that a coordinated activity, and we, again, as I mentioned, we're not very good at uh, on the right at coordinating these things. We have a lot of disparate viewpoints on the right. That's okay. That's a that's a, a sign of a healthy party. Uh, but the coordination of our activities uh, is is always. One of our one of our failures in general. I think you're right about your specifics. Uh, I've been reading recently about many people suggesting that Donald Trump has to withdraw from the Republican Party because he will merely splinter that party into segments and allow the Democrats to win. I think they have that just reversed. I think what has to happen is those rhinos on the in the Republican Party and those that have acts actively resisted American first and American exceptionalism have to join with those of us loyal to America, not loyal to Trump, loyal to America, and form a unified party behind exactly the concepts that Donald Trump put into practice over the last four years, Bob. Uh, I think you're making great points, Andy. I strongly agree with that. But I do take exception with the notion that somehow, some way, we're not very good at uh, the uh, actions of getting together and, and having some influence. I, again, what what did we do? To, Fox News now is struggling to get back its audience. Uh, they're now below CNN. They were dominating at one point. Now they don't know what to do. I'm not going back to, to uh, uh, Fox News. And take a look at what, at what happened to the NBA, what happened to the NFL, what happened to Major League Baseball, taking their stands for Black Lives Matter and so forth. It turned us all off. And we, as it, it reduced the ratings, their income stream is now reduced substantially because of that. I think we can do that to big, as big as they are. If uh, Facebook, I went the, together, Facebook and uh, 
And Twitter have already lost $51 billion in market value because of their actions. And I think it could get a lot more extreme as we all start to move to places like CloudHub and to Gab and other sites uh, for the uh, technology use. Anyway, and also there's uh, alternatives to Amazon as well. So uh, I think we do have some power and we need to use it. Bob, I, I retain that degree of optimism myself. Where my pessimism enters into this whole equation is uh, with the Democrats controlling the presidency, both houses of Congress, and potentially the Supreme Court through stacking, uh, are, is there going to be actions taken that would prevent those things from happening? Now, that's getting way ahead of the game, I know, yeah. uh, but I think if we're looking at some of the things that have been suggested, the stacking of the Supreme Court, the inclusion of uh, D.C. and Puerto Rico and statehood, which would create a, a strong uh, Democrat majority in, in the Senate and deepen their, uh, their hold over the House, um, I, I become uh, concerned that the things that might happen and the ones you're suggesting are, are perfectly reasonable and logical within the current state of, of affairs. But I, I, I certainly don't trust the left uh, to keep their hands out of this mix and prevent these things from happening through some machinations uh, legally or illegally, as the case may be, uh, with control of the federal government, Bob. So uh, that's my, my pessimistic coloring of that, although I remain optimistic, as, as you are, that these things these things have a chance of happening. Well, yes. I don't know what to make of this, but uh, Minority Leader Chuck Schumer now is been, uh, slithering up to McConnell to, to create some sort of relationship and power sharing in the Senate. Now, uh, there's two sides of this. First of all, you know, this is how stuff gets done in Washington, D.C. The uh, political elite don't care about the American people. They're just concerned about how they're going to handle their power. But the other side of it is hopefully McConnell will stand up and say, we're not going to give up the, uh, uh, the uh, agreement on uh, the nuclear option and uh, having the, I guess it's the, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the filibuster? Filibuster rule, right. So uh, hopefully that will be retained. In other words, if there's going to be a power-sharing agreement, maybe it will work uh, to our advantage to, to not see some of the things happen that you're talking about. Well, the power-sharing, uh, it, it, it certainly has a possibility. I, uh, I don't trust, trust Mitch McConnell at this point to <laughs> no. uh, do the appropriate thing within that power-sharing or Kevin McCarthy in the House. Right. Uh, both of them have proved to be weak-kneed Republicans and uh, not supported the president. And again, whenever I say the president, I mean uh, those loyal to America. Uh, so I think we have to wait to see how these things unfold. Um, it, sort of moving into uh, something marginally related to this some of the appointments made by uh, by uh, by Joe Biden at this point have just been absolutely uh, outrageous for example Cindy Martin was appointed the assistant secretary of education uh, she has described the public schools as spirit murdering black children so now this woman is going to be the assistant secretary of education mm. uh, in terms of the assistant secretary of health. We have a transgender, no problem with transgenders, Bob, Rachel Levine. But that's essentially why she was appointed to that position. Uh, and she has a long history of loading the, the senior homes with COVID-19 patients, creating a, a tremendous death count in Pennsylvania at the same time. She removed her mother from one of those homes prior to that action. So uh, these are the type of people that, that Joe Biden is surrounding himself with. Yep. Uh, and I still think that you're going to have a strong undercurrent of pressure coming from the likes of, uh, of Ocasio-Cortez, from Bernie Sanders. Uh, that is going to, uh, I don't think 
Joe Biden has a mind of his own. So the question in my mind is where will the pressure come from and what will you respond to and how deeply will they go into suppressing uh, the speech of the right and the actions taken by the right to uh, to regain some variation of of, of input, just yeah. not, not control, but some degree of input into the federal government. Yeah. Uh, right now, as it stands, Bob, I could project that the right would have almost no ability uh, because their speech will be defined as as hate speech. Uh, their uh, alignment with uh, Donald Trump's policies will be seen as acts of terrorism. Uh, and this is what we're looking at at this moment. Now, that might disappear, but uh, I, you know, I know we, I think you're, again, I keep saying we have to wait to see how all this unfolds. But. Absolutely. And I don't want to minimize the points that you're making, because I think you're absolutely correct about that. I mean, we had a terrible eight years with Obama uh, and uh, he gummed up the system. It's doing business like walking, walking through saltwater taffy under the Obama administration. And, and President Trump cleared all that up or not all of it, but a lot of it. But the swamp is deep and thick. And uh, it's going to be a, a tough sledding for four years. I, I don't minimize that whatsoever. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be an easy ride. I mean, already he's on the first day he says he wants to get rid of the, stop the construction of the uh, pipeline. He's already getting complaints from from uh, uh, from Canada yeah. about, about that. So, it you know, there's going to be pushback. And a lot of pushback, quite frankly, in his agenda. I don't think he has the stomach to deal with it. I, I think there's one thing that's vastly underappreciated is the amount of, of personal damage an ideologue will accept in the pursuit of the fulfillment of their ideology. Mm -hmm. uh, people always ask me, you know, why would the left do this when it's going to hurt their pocketbooks, their economic downturns mm -hmm. that they'll experience? And I think there's an underappreciation of just how much commitment ideologues have to those ideologies and their willingness to accept even personal damage in the pursuit of that fulfillment. So right. uh, I think that waits to be seen. Are we talking about uh, the left being merely a party that's positioned itself for gain against Donald Trump, but they really have no serious commitment to those ideas? Or are we talking about deep-rooted ideologies that uh, that will uh, prevent any kind of rational intrusion on what they uh, on what they plan to do, Bob? You know, and I'm so happy you brought that up. That's a very important point because, of course, you see the... Uh, uh, ideology or the ideologues in, uh, for example, Iran, just to take it away from our country, and, and what what they could do at the expense of their own welfare and the expense of the people because of their ideology and their religious beliefs, same thing could happen here in America. The, the counter-argument to mine, which is using our economic power to keep these companies in check, and I'm talking about uh, big uh, tech, is that you know, if they're ideologues, if they're willing to really, to uh, ruin everything in order to maintain their beliefs of uh, becoming, you know, a, a centralizing power, becoming a socialist or communist country. Now, that's a whole other issue. We're in trouble. Well, you know, I, I look at, for example, the, uh, the minority uh, people who make it the Congress on the left from the Democrat Party, and they all seem to be somewhat, somewhat, they're totally detached from reality in terms of what is in the best interest, let's say, of, of African-Americans. They, uh, they uh, either they're so ignorant they don't understand that are so ideologically skewed mm -hmm. that they don't care about it. But if you look across the broad expanse of the minority candidates on the left, not candidates, but the members on the left in Congress, they're all just absolutely detached from reality. I'd like to use stronger words, but I'll hold back on that for the moment. Uh, so I think this, this uh, ideological uh, compulsion uh, is so dramatic that it, it will prevent the, the intrusion of light 
to all of their heat, Bob. Absolutely. Well, you know, what President Trump talked about is bringing government back to the people and, and to the Constitution. And that was a message that resonated with me, with you, and so many Americans. In fact, 73 million Americans, or 75 million, 80 million Americans. But right now, we're, what we look at is, uh, uh, what I see is, is Biden saying, you know what, we haven't realized what we can accomplish to the United States government. I think he now sees now, he's turning the attention away from the people and more to the government, and what can we do? Is that a question to me, or is that rhetorical? <laughs> that's, no, that's somewhat, well, that's just my point of view. I mean, and uh, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think that's what we appreciated, and the joy that I always saw with the uh, Trump movement is the joy they experienced to just having the attention and trying to focus on individual liberty, freedom, free markets, all the things that we really appreciate that now the left looks like they're beginning to threaten. I, I think that I've said this before to you over the, I guess, perhaps over the years, even Donald Trump has been, in my estimation, the most outstanding president in our history. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I find no, uh, none of his personal foibles, as it would be, that uh, that so offend me that I can ever turn my back on this man. Uh, he has committed his 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 honor, his dignity, his his, his fortune in, in, in so many ways. They're going to go after his businesses and are going after his businesses. This man has sacrificed so much for this country that it's just absolutely just uh, one of the great stories in, in human history as far as I'm concerned. Yep. To have this man, Donald Trump, replaced by a man of such little significance, of such little accomplishment, and to, in my estimation, uh, such obviously uh, criminal uh, involvements, that it's just one of the most dramatic changes from the very best you could have in the, in the Oval Office, in my estimation, to perhaps the very worst. I couldn't agree more. It's a, it's really a shame. But I think I need more re-education. Yeah, yeah, we we have to be re-educated. Maybe we ought to write that <laughs> sentence on the board a hundred times. <laughs> it's because we're going to be re-educated. Well, uh, again, I I think that this extreme movement on the left is is in a great minority. In other words, the, I think most people will not support it. I think most people want to uh, maintain. Uh, the individual liberty and maintain the constitutional nature of our government. There, so we're going to, in my view, we're going to sway to the left, but I don't think it's going to be uh, statehood for uh, Puerto Rico or the, <laughs> the walled-in city of Washington, D.C. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going to say something that's commonly said at moments like this and rebuttal to comments like yours, Bob. Uh, when 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 Hitler first came to power in, in 1932, uh, certainly he was in the vast minority. He received the uh, a very limited slice of of the multi multiple party votes. Uh, even in 1933-34, he was not certainly in the majority. By 1938, he told he held complete sway over the uh, over the, the third right with with no no pushback whatsoever the same thing happened with the bolsheviks very unpopular when they came to power under lenin uh within the space of three or four years the bolsheviks were in absolute total control of the soviet union now those things are, are not necessarily ominous parallels but i think we have to realize that words like majority minority strength in the voting booth these things have significance in a uh, in, in a in a free republic uh, a constitutional republic but once that constitution is pushed aside as the 
the debris of yesterday's ignorance and uh, somehow then we're, we're functioning within the uh, the tyranny of today, the made up of today, Bob. Uh, I think all bets are off in terms of how this will play out because we have no prior experience in our history uh, as to how this will uh, will actually um, happen within the body of American politics. So yeah, I think um, that's well again, said. I've said it a thousand times. We just have to wait and see at this point. Yeah, I would agree with you. Everything you said about the Bolsheviks, though, in Germany, of course, they had uh, they were uh, n- not strong economies. People were starving. Life was extremely difficult. And it opened, created a vacuum for Hitler and others to rise. Uh, here, uh, Biden is stepping into a very good situation, and, and uh, he stands in a position now to begin destroying it. I don't think it's going to make people happy. Uh, I'll make that the last word because it's a it's a it's a uh, word of optimism. <laughs> well, let, let me just conclude with something uh, that I just have in one of my most recent uh, essays, Bob. I I cite the Barry Goldwater comment made in 1964 that was totally excoriated at at that time, which is extremism in defense of liberty is no vice. Moderation in pursuit of justice is no virtue. And and he was attacked, dramatically attacked for that comment. And I add as just a a little disclaimer to that, what is the alternative to that comment? And I say it's, I will very moderately defend liberty and justice. So I I think that, yes, I'm an extremist in those areas, Bob, and I'm I'm an extremist as President Trump uh, was and is in defense of liberty. I am an extremist in pursuit of justice. And I think if we retain those values and in their most extreme version, I think America can be saved. If we start to think they can be soft peddled or negotiated to to uh, weaker forms, I, I think we're lost. So uh, we have to retain our strength, our unity and um, let's let's hope that the providence is on our side and we can save this country over the next yeah. whatever the time frame might be. Now that is an optimistic statement and I cert- will end with that Andy. I always so much appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk soon about it. All right, thank you Andy. All right, coming up we're going to visit with Larry Bell endowed professor at the University of Houston Space Architecture. That and more right here on the Bob Harden show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tammy Amy Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? 
Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. Among the things they do is create policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. We have with us, as I mentioned before the break, Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, a key figure in our space program back in the day. He also is an author. He's written several books. His latest, a terrific read, How Everything Happened, Including Us. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. I always enjoy it. Oh, thank you, Professor. So uh, you write a column, uh, actually a couple of columns a week, if I'm not mistaken, for Newsmax.com. It's called On Point, and your latest is called Tech Tycoons Cancel Half of America. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, I think we all realize that these are unusual times, and unusual is rather probably a kind word for what's happening today, that uh, we could have imagined that our duly elected president has been uh, canceled in the sense of uh, digitally shut out of communication with with the United States and the world and so on, and, and uh, because of a decision of a handful of very powerful people that control communications in this country and the way we communicate with each other and the way we get information and, of course, also the uh, shutdown of a parlor, and, uh, which is a threat to any organization that, that doesn't uh, uh, comply with rules that are set up by uh, you know, a corporation, separate corporations, business corporations. That's rather a, a terrifying uh, message to all of us that we uh, are kind of put on notice. Watch your, you know, watch what you say. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean in terms of saying things that would be against the country or against fundamental principles that we all agree with. But don't question the legitimacy of an election. Don't question uh, virtually anything that is not woke or not approved. And uh, it's a rather terrifying state to find ourselves in, and I don't think any of us could have imagined that uh, months ago, much less years ago. Right. You know, Professor, uh, just mentioning uh, the parlor, and, uh, you know, they'll have some, uh, for example, legal recourse, but it takes years to wind its way through court. So there is a defense against this. But the point is, I mean, in the meantime, it can wipe somebody out. And I'm um, speaking of Dan Bongino, who I greatly respect what he has done and what he's accomplished. 
He's one of the investors in Parler. So, I mean, we all have our legal defense, but our, our day in court, quote-unquote, if something happens. But my goodness, is that the kind of world we want to live in right now? I don't think so. We, uh, we should fight hard to preserve free speech in America. Well, we can have our day in court, providing we can afford it. Yep. And providing that our, our, our attorneys, if we have attorneys, uh, don't work for large firms where they can be threatened that if you represent this particular suit or this particular organization, we will, uh, you know, we will uh, right. uh, not, not, you know, not support you because uh, we'll lose our business with other corporations that we serve that are larger and richer than you are. Good point. And so, you know, this is, uh, you know, the, the, we're dealing with, I say we, you know, kind of euphemistically, but the country is dealing with uh, a situation where, uh, if, if it's a if it's a case against government, government has unlimited funds to you know to bankrupt an organization that doesn't comply, and the same with these mega organizations that collectively control trillions of dollars yeah. that are put into elections and. And, and influence of various kinds, and they're, they're global organizations. They control information not only in the U.S., but also throughout the world. Also putting on notice other world leaders that saying, we can do the same to you. We, we can bring down America. We can certainly bring down all the rest of you. Yeah. Do you, do you, I feel foolish. I, and we as Americans, we said to go Google all these companies that's free, Facebook. It's not free. We gave up. We gave away all of our personal information. They know so much about us at this point. We're actually at. Uh, and, and here's the other thing too. Even if we ended up going to court and could afford to hire an attorney, there's all there's always the uh, threat of a plea deal. You know, somehow we'll settle this. Larry, we'll just give you three years in jail for supporting President Donald Trump. I mean, this is, it's just outrageous. Well, I I wrote about a lot of this. Uh even pre-COVID, I had I wrote a book called "Reinventing Ourselves: mm-hmm. How Technology Is Rapidly and Radically Transforming Society and you know, in Our Lives." And and little did I realize how rapidly this would happen. Where again, you know, we, we look at facial recognition and and how our some of our companies have been working with China to develop a lot of these same technologies that are used. Uh, and, and then COVID came along and exacerbated, a, uh, you know, created another crisis and exacerbated it. Where, where then we have, you know, the you know the, the tracking mechanism. Well, we have now excuse to to follow people and track people because, after all, we're protecting you. And all these things are always under the guise of protecting us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to lock you down to to protect you. We're going to now lock down the entire country for an, you know for a what would normally be uh, a celebration of inauguration, even regardless of who the, which side wins. You know, it's a sense of, you know, the pomp and ceremony and solemnity of, of bringing a new president into, you know, new, new leadership and continuity to our country. And, and we may not, you know, we, you know, we may have be disappointed that, uh, you know, maybe our candidate didn't win. But in the larger picture, we care about the country, and we're, we're you know, we're, we're optimistic that that leader, we want that leader to succeed. 
the, the sense I think of the, of the concern it is who is the leader? You know, right. who is who is that leader, and what forces push him or her, and uh, who's behind the curtain? And 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 it's it's a rather terrifying time to to uh, of. I had a birthday yesterday. I was you know eighty three years old, and ordinarily you think about your own mortality, uh, which which is illogical. You know, I'm a cancer survivor and went through a lot. I'm I'm more worried about the, about the mortality of the country, and maybe that's an overreaction. And I think, yeah, so many of us feel that way now that uh, we 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 want the country to be healthy. Uh, we don't want uh, uh, programs that we see are, are going to be destructive. Uh, we worry about things of caravans opening, you know, coming across our border, and it's not because we don't like you know a, a group of people from a certain country or. That we're not generous, or that we, you know, we don't empathize with, 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 with people who are, are suffering. But it's almost like an, it's a open invitation. Yeah. To to uh, say, come here. We will support you. We will, you know, uh, we will, um, uh, not provide any checkpoints. Um, and this the suspicion is. That this is to manipulate voting again, which yeah. is already in, in dispute and in concern. So, I hate to be a doomsday person. I, you yeah. know, I think I think most Americans want to be optimistic. We want the veil to lift. We want the sun to shine. And uh, it's uh, and I apologize today for being rather gloomy. And uh, I, I really don't want to be. I no, I'm you- hopeful. I think as so many of us are that. That you know that there will be brighter days, and hopefully they'll arrive very soon. Uh, well, I think that your your expression you expressed what, what a lot of us are feeling right now, Professor. And uh, you know, I would just say we do have some folks up in Washington D.C. who believe strongly the way we do, and my hope is that their their vote will count as we move forward. We can only now at this point pray for the leadership in the country. President uh, Donald Trump was a great leader. There will be a void now that he's gone. We can only hope and pray that uh, our uh, future administration will take us, will not harm us too much, perhaps, in the <laughs> in the tone of what you said. Professor, I genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, thank you so much. My pleasure, indeed. And again, how everything happened, including us. Go to On Point. Go to Newsmax.com and just, you'll f- just scroll down. You'll see Professor Larry Bell's column, On Point. Uh, you can check out the wonderful, amazing amount of work that he's done in terms of the weaponization of a AI and the Internet, uh, the many books that he's written, Cyber Warfare, and How Everything Happened, Including Us. That's a wrap on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly did. I thought I learned a lot, and I hope you did. Always appreciate your comments. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Tomorrow we've got great guests lined up as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>